Monday. No, it's not Monday. It would be Sunday. Good Sunday afternoon, humans. Hello, humans. This is Ellie Krug, your host on Hidden Edges Radio. And guess what? It is live. So I can't go back and fix that thing about the wrong day of the week. I am thrilled to be here with you. Thrilled to be here alive. We have, if you're on Facebook Live, you will see that I have a... Uh, recording booth filled with people. Hello, humans. It's great to see you. And we have a great show here today. We have folks from the Skylark Opera Theater to talk about opera. And it's a special opera near and dear to my heart. And so that's going to be coming up in about one minute. But before that, I want to do a little bit of um, op-edding. Last night was the Blue State Ball for AM 950. And uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's our annual gathering for the radio station to to, uh, celebrate its sponsors as well as its uh, audience members, its listeners. I went. I was so um, uh, humbled by the number of people who came up to me and said, Ellie, we listen to your show and I love your show, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just so Wonderful to hear um, from my listeners, and thank you, listeners, all eight of you. I really appreciated you um, coming up and talking to me. I'm glad that we had all of you all at one place, so thank you. However, I wanted to also say this, and I want to make sure that everyone understands I love this station. I particularly love Chad Larson, who is the owner of this station, because Chad's, oh, he's just a big teddy bear of a person. He's just the nicest guy, and he so believes in me and my work. But you know what? Last night, very politically oriented, which, of course, the station is aligned with the DFL in many ways. Um, and there was a lot of red meat thrown out at the audience, a lot of we against them, a lot of Democrats versus Republicans. And as I stood there listening to it, and we had some really wonderful speakers. I mean, Amy Klobuchar was there and, and um, a lot of other people with influence in our state and in and in Washington. But as I sat there or stood there listening, I have to tell you, I was reminded of how the we against them mentality, the tribalism that we're experiencing in our country, it's my just definite conviction that that's not the path. That's not the path past all the crap. Instead, the path is the way that I think that We're trying to progress with this show, which is about unity rather than division. It's about recognizing that all of us are humans and we have all of these commonalities. And it's not just the Democrats that have those things. So do the Republicans. And so as we go forward, and and again, I don't want to demean this show or this station because I love this station. But as we go forward, I really challenge everyone to start thinking differently because the old ways are not working. Our country is becoming more divided rather than unified. Which gets me to our guest today because they are um, here to talk about opera, but an opera that is, in my view, very unifying because it tackles a subject that opera has never tackled, as far as I know, and that's about being transgender. So I have folks here from Skylark, Skylark Opera Theater, I have the director, uh, Bob New, as well as our two performers, uh, Luke Williams and Bergen Baker. Welcome. Welcome to Hidden Edges Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are just thrilled to have you here on Hidden Edges Radio. And, um, and uh, listeners, because this show is live, we want to hear from you at 952-946-6205. I know all of you have questions about opera that you've never been able to ask. No, but, but, um, but uh, because of the topics we're going to talk about, please call. If you've never been to opera before, tell us why. Why not? What has kept you from going to opera? And I, as I said uh, before we went on the air, I've told these folks, I know nothing about opera. I know more about opera in preparing for this show, just simply reading about opera, that, that's the word, than I ever knew before. So That's a start. Uh, yeah. So it is. And, and you're here to talk about, a, about a, a, an opera that's titled 
as one, correct? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Bob, do you want to tell us what as one is about? Sure. Um, a- as you said, this is an opera that talks about uh, that deals with transgenderism, and it's and it's one person's journey in transitioning from male to female. Uh, it's really a character study. It's not terribly plot driven. It's about it. The characters are called Hannah before and Hannah after. So it's a person. Uh, Luke is our is our. Um, Hannah before, and then Bergen, Hannah after. A- and it just follows this person's um, life as, as they start to realize that, that something is, is not quite right in their life, that they're unfulfilled, that there's something that they're yearning for. And, and they start to find out what that is. They find out the name for it. They find out that there are other people who feel the same way. And then they start to take this journey. And it doesn't end necessarily happily ever after, but it ends up with Hannah having transitioned and now ready to face the world a little more at peace with herself. Should we have said spoiler alert before that? Okay. <laughs> I guess we should have, yes. <laughs> okay, well, well um, and is it set in a particular time period? It's present day. It's right now. Present day. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, the world is changing at light speed as it relates to trans people. Right. All right, so um, Luke and Bergen, mm-hmm. Hannah before and Hannah after, yeah. talk to us about this and how easy... How easy has it been to play this character? And again, callers, we are looking for you to call in at 952-946-6205 to talk, to ask us questions about this particular opera and about opera in general. So go ahead. Uh, as far as a, a challenge in approaching the character, um, I think overall for the, the topic of the piece, it was recognizing that it's, it's important to do something like this and take this on in, in the present day uh, but I approach it as any other character that I that I would really um, as far as you know Bergen and I as actors are empaths who our job is to portray a human being and so you know I, I play dads as a low voice opera singer I'm not a dad I've played grandpas I'm not a grandpa <laughs> uh, so it was really just kind of finding Hannah before as a young man relating that back to to my childhood and kind of the confusing things that I I felt and it wasn't I I'm at a loss for words right now because the challenges as far I mean I have I I'm very fortunate that I have wonderfully open transgender friends that I could go to and and say you know the first time that you found a piece of an article of feminine clothing that really aligned you with how you felt what was that like what were those emotions that you felt like and and so to relate to those human emotions really um but as far as any any research you don't want to take a a certain viewpoint you want to still be the human in the show the person Mm -hmm. in the show and tell the story of hannah and so it was more relating to those those emotions sympathetically to myself and then applying them to who i felt hannah is and was at this time period Okay, how about you, Bergen? I mean, yeah, I now agree. you're playing, you get to play a transgender woman, mm-hmm. right? I get to, yeah. What an opportunity. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I feel very similarly to Luke. And what was something that was a particular challenge for me in this work is that I'm used to portraying just a singular character, just myself on stage. And in this particular piece, um, Luke and I are the same character. We are the same person. And so um, it was challenging for me at first to align our thought processes, you know, in rehearsal. And, um, you know, we don't always mirror each other physically, but sometimes we do. And just breathing and thinking as one character rather than just, you know, I am the soprano and I'm going to do my own thing and this is my own character. And really um, thinking outside of myself as a singer and as an actor to include somebody else in that process for me was really eye-opening and really interesting. And it brought me a perspective from him too. And it's what's so interesting about the piece is that, and that we should clarify is both actors are on stage the entire time. So you're always sort of seeing the, the feminine and masculine, if you will, sides of this person. Um, While one, you know, there, there are times when the young, 
um, male is trying to assert his his masculinity right. and and, and not yep. yeah and not pleased about the feminine side of it and so you know so Luke kind of comes more to the forefront and then of course Bergen becomes more central to the story as as the transition occurs so it's really fascinating as they said to have to think as one person mm-hmm. and not two different people and on the stage physical proximity are you like standing next to each other or is one of you on one end and the other on the other end of the stage all of the above oh yeah, okay. All all right, so there's a little bit of movement, and mm-hmm. okay. But there is a, a constant connection between the two of us yes. on stage. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's, and um, and when we come back from our break, I'm going to want to know more about uh, this. But Bob, before we we've got a few seconds here before we have to take the break. Where, when does the opera begin, and where will it be? March 16th through the 25th. It's at a new theater in St. Paul called North Garden Theater. And where can they find more? Our listeners find more about well. Ticketworks.com is where tickets are available, but also if you go to Skylark Opera Theater Facebook, you'll find a lot of information. Okay, so if people want to, they can go out and find more out about this. Absolutely. And um, and and the Skylark Opera Theater Company has been around for how long? About 40 years. Okay. Yeah. Always in the Twin Cities? Always in the Twin Cities. All right. And, um, okay, so when we come back from our break, we'll talk more about that. Listeners, it's your chance to come in, call and ask about opera. And if you've never gone to opera, why not? And, uh, and, and, Call in and learn more at 952-946-6205. I've already learned in eight minutes more than I ever knew before. (laughs) You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, uh, with Hidden Edges Radio, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts on the world. Oh, yeah. That and, well, never mind. And if you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. When we come back from our break, we'll talk more from the folks from Skylark Opera Theater. Thanks. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. This is Ken Hagland of Minnesota Hospice, inviting you to listen to our brand new show, airing on AM 950 on Saturdays from noon to one. The Minnesota Hospice Show looks forward to discussing how we honor life and to exploring the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional issues we experience throughout all stages of life. Learn how hospice is the new face of hope and how it's your benefit, your choice. Join us Saturdays at noon and check us out online at minnesotahospice.com. Spur your imagination at Stages Theatre Company with the steampunk dance-inspired musical, The Nightingale. You will be charmed by the reimagining of Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale as a whirlwind of mayhem when a watchmaker's mechanical bird creates a frenzy in the Mayor's Festival of Progress. A delightfully contagious tune turns into a comical clatter as they yearn for the original Nightingale's songs of natural beauty. Enjoy the journey as the town learns to find balance between technological progress and the healing music of the real Nightingale. This world premiere musical is told through original music and is the sixth collaboration with Escalate Dance. It features ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, and folk-centric dancing and choreography. 
The Nightingale runs March 9th to the 25th and will be loved by all ages. For ticket information, visit stagestheater.org. We are back on AM 950, Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Ellie Krug. Uh, we've been speaking with folks from Skylark, Skylark Opera Theater. Bob New, um, who is the director of the, of the production As One, and the two performers, Luke Williams and Berger ba- Bergen, excuse me, Baker. That's okay. You know, well, it's not, but there you go. It's live I've been radio. called worse. <laughs> Okay, well, you sh- yes, okay. So we've been talking about As One. Um, and and uh, listeners, if you want, call in at 952-946-6205. The, the shout-out to you is, if, what, if, have you ever been to opera? And if not, what keeps you from going? Why is it such a, a problem? And Bob, along those lines, can you kind of lay it out for us? I mean, are we talking about a production with 500 people in it? No, I, and that's it. I think most people think that opera is this huge extravaganza and they're hundreds and hundreds of feet away from the action and there's a big orchestra and, you know, there are elephants on stage and people are screaming at you. And, and opera can be that it can all i mean it can be gigantic wonderful productions with lots of pageantry but it also can be intimate and wonderful and moving and that's actually one of the goals of skylark is we try to make opera very intimate we play to audiences of 150 maximum by choice in unusual spaces with the with the orchestra or with the um the singers and the audience just right next to each other we do everything in english so if you think that opera is that idea that everybody's speaking in italian and i don't understand it not in this case. Okay. It's in English. So I think a lot of people are intimidated by opera because they think, I'm not going to understand it. Oh, it's so expensive. Oh, you have to dress up. Not in this case. I, I mean, it, it's completely accessible. If you like music theater, you'll like opera. They're essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Luke and Bergen, have you always been in opera or have you done other types of productions? Uh, I mean, uh I enjoy musical theater. I enjoy participating in musical theater. It's been a long time since I did straight theater, uh, but I, I'd love to get back in that arena. That's probably since high school, and good Lord, I hope nobody has any records of that. <laughs> How about you, Bergen? Um, I, I love all sorts of theatrical expression. I mean, my obviously my training is as a classical singer, so my bread and butter is operatic performances, but I love musical theater. Um, I love to do... Um, place, you know, script study of what they, what as Luke referred to it, what they call straight theater, which is just plays, no music um, in it. And um, I think it, it just, it helps you achieve a higher, higher level of artistry. So I'm, I'm into it all. Okay. Well, and, and I, I'm one of those people that has stayed away from opera. Why? Well, because Tell of what why. you described. I yeah. do not want the elephants on the stage, Bob. And you don't want to see elephants on stage? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, my uh, stereotypical view of it is is that it is an Italian. That, you know, mm. I have no idea what it is that they're singing about, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't yeah. feel what's going on. But the way that you're describing this production as one, it sounds like it's not all that far from just a straight-up musical. It's just in operatic um, style. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's sung from front to back, and that's what opera is. Yeah, it's telling I mean, a story on stage. At the break, we were talking about, about the fact that Hamilton is essentially an opera. I mean, it's wrapped all the way through, but there's almost no spoken dialogue in it. I mean, it's essentially an opera. Les Mis is an opera. It's sung through. There's no spoken dialogue. Sweeney Todd, which is a very famous musical, is essentially an opera. In fact, opera houses do it. So the labels that, you know, you were here talking about, I think, that labels that that are put on people often, it often happens with genres, too. People get so intimidated because they think opera is not for them, that you have to be highly educated, you have to speak a foreign language. It's not true. I just, you can tell I'm a little passionate about this. No, and, well, yeah. well, and you need to be. And I was just, I was going to add to Bob's point that, you know, as singers, we have a unique opportunity. We're the only musicians in the history of the universe that not only sing notes and rhythms on a page, but we have the unique responsibility to portray language and to communicate something. And so it's our job, no 
matter what language we're singing in, to communicate the story on stage to the audience. And so, you know, language be darned, like it, it's gonna, it's going to affect people one way or another. And luckily, you know, this piece I think is a perfect um, piece to come to if you've never been to an opera before because it's short. It's an it's an hour and a half, no intermission, and um, it's in English, and it is it deals with real life issues that are going on today. Well, and and um, and on top of that, you're trying to make this socially relevant because you're going to have a discussion right. um, forum after the show, at least on Friday night, because I know I'm going to be part of that pr- yeah. uh, that discussion. Yeah, we're doing so. a post concert discussion after every show. Um, on stage will be our two performers and myself, and and you and other representatives of the transgender community, so that that the questions that maybe people have that come out of the piece we can we can talk about. Okay, well, that's just great. So, listeners, call in at 952-946-6205 to talk to us about opera. Um, If you've gone, why do you like it? If you have not gone, what has been the barrier for you? And I'll just throw out one other one, which is what other social issues would you like to see the subject of opera? And on this one, we're taking on trans people and the subject of being trans. And I assume um, issues about trans people being uh, marginalized and about the struggle that people have to, about finding, um, finding themselves. Mm-hmm. And so Han- Hannah is portrayed beginning as a boy. Yes. Um, and of course, every trans person, whether they're trans woman, which is male to female or trans man, female to male, they start out according to their birth gender in, you know, mm-hmm. to some extent. So what, for the two of you, did um, for uh, Luke and Bergen, what uh, studying did you have to do about trans people? I mean, uh, both of you are cisgender. You're, you don't identify as trans or gender variant, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, what studying did you have to do? Um, I actually um, did some studying. The, the woman whose life this work is based on, her name is Kimberly Reed, and she is a film producer, um, and she produced um, the movie Prodigal Son, and it, she was um, featured on Oprah, and um, she's, she's actually a, a quite a, um, a, a wonderful speaker, a public speaker as well, um, doing much what you do, Ellie, with human inclusion and um, trans rights and all of that. And I, I I, found it really fascinating to hear her talk about her own story um, because uh, as a woman, if this were an opera, it is an opera about a woman, but if it were an opera about a cisgender woman, I wouldn't want to just like think, you know, I, I would want to understand the story of the person whose life it was about, because I know that we are different people. Not every person is the same person. And so um, I really fell in love with um, how Kimberly talked about her story. And um, I also um, saw a video of a panel of Kimberly Reed, Mark Campbell, who's the co-librettist, and Laura Kaminsky, who's the composer. And them talking about how they took Kimberly's story and kind of wove it into the fabric of Opera, and I thought that was really um, informative for me as a singer and as an actor in my process. What about you, Luke? Uh, for me, as well as uh, looking up Kimberly's story, I teach at a university in Missouri, and so I, I interact a lot of my, well, not a lot, but I have several students who are transgender, and so they've been very open with the process of one of them transition female to male and teaching their voice and, and knowing their work so intimately. I, I have a safe space in my office for them to come and, and talk to me, so that's really where I got a lot of my kind of personal interactions and study. All right, well, that's great. So uh, this, we've been speaking with folks from Skylark Opera Theater as one will be in production uh, this coming weekend. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the next segment. And you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, who's also transgender. So we'll be back in a second. Thank you. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. 
Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options, or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human call the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. <laughs> Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. So you know you need your carpet clean to keep your home healthy and smelling good. But don't use just a deal-of-the-day contractor you've never heard of that leaves your home smelling like a janitor's closet. Get spring cleaned with Zero Res and their gotta-love-it guarantee. This month, get three rooms Zero Res clean starting at $129. Plus, this month you can still get a great deal when you get your air duct Zero Res clean. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMN.com. Zero Res, spell it backward or forward, it spells the same. With your AM950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, patchy fog, otherwise cloudy with a high near 39. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 22. And Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 36. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com restaurant of the week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Enjoy a unique and contemporary spin on continental cuisine. Food and drink specials made popular in the 1920s, a time when people made dining out a special occasion. Located at 6161 Highway 65 in Northeast Minneapolis. And we are back on Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. This is your host, Ellie Krug. We've been speaking with folks from Skylark, Skylark Opera Theater about the production As One, which will be opening this weekend, coming up, right. and will be running for two weekends, two I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks. And and uh, I've been talking with the, the director, Bob New, and the two performers, Luke Williams and Bergen Baker. And before we broke, we started, we were talking about um, how you prepared about uh, mm-hmm. doing the roles because neither of you are transgender. So that leads then to the question, oh, hold on, let me make sure. If you want to call in, <laughs> please call in, 952-946-6205. And if I have my gender variant or transgender listeners right now, or the parents or the friends of them, you'll be interested in this segment because I want to ask the two of you, uh, Luke and Bergen, what kind of reaction have you gotten from the transgender community about being performers, portraying somebody who is transgender when you are not? Because, you know, I am part of that community and I know that there is a risk for... Um, probably some critical reaction. What have you heard, or how have you been? How have you been received in the role? I've gotten nothing but support from my friends Great. in the trans community. They're very excited that something like this is being produced. I mean, this is the nineteenth production of As One right. this year. Right. Uh, so that to have it nineteenth across the United yeah, States. Yes. Yeah. Yep. To have it be present today and and discussed, and that's really what art is: is starting that discussion. Uh, has has been really fantastic for them and, and for us as allies of the community. Um, 
Yeah, but nothing but support. I have friends who were actually uh, uh, texting me last night very excited uh, as as trans people went out in, in Portland, and uh, they were just so thrilled that, that I was doing something like this out in Minnesota, which I was kind of like, why are you surprised that I'm doing something like this? <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, the the fact that it's the 19th production this year in the U.S. of this particular piece, I think, says a lot to how important it is to our society that this subject be, um, be celebrated now. And it's not just about... In my opinion, it's not just about being visible. I think it's also about the quality of the storytelling Mm -hmm. because I feel like so much of our society focuses on the before and the after. Like, look at where I was and look at where I am now. And and this this particular piece tackles more of the journey to self-discovery. And I think that's applicable to anybody, not just trans people, even though that, that is what we are doing and we are proud of that, but it's about, you know, it's about growing up. It's about becoming who you are and that you don't have to be trans to really enjoy the show, which is what I love about it. That's well. And I will tell you as a member of the trans community, I'm thrilled that you're doing the production. I really am. And I'm thrilled right. that, you know, Bob, you reached out to me about mm-hmm. being involved in one of the post, you know, event discussions. Right, right. And I'm, you know, it just, um, and, and, you know, in the end, uh, as it relates to being trans, is that there is great misconception continues to be in the community, you know, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so anything that I think that positively portrays trans people and certainly helps educate cisgender people about what this journey is involved. I think mm-hmm. that that's yeah. really very powerful. Tell me more about the original production. So you say it's 19 this year. So this is a licensed production. It originated yes. in, in New York? Yeah, it did in New York at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And then they it was commissioned there um, three years ago, I think it was. And, and since then, it's just taken off. It's been done all over the country. It's the most produced contemporary opera in, in the repertoire. Wow. Places as far away, the, the most recent production was in Alaska. Um, there was one in Iowa just a couple months ago, but literally all over the country and in colleges as well. So one would think that this would be, you know, San Francisco and New York and Chicago, the big cities, and it's been in those, but all over the place as well. And I love that colleges are taking up the piece. So it reminds me a little bit about the Laramie Project, about how that oh, took off. Yes. And, you know, it began and then yeah. and then it became so incredibly important for it, us. Exactly. Into the fabric of our yeah. society. That's a piece that's very dear to my heart, actually. I've directed that and I love it so much, but you're, you're right. There's a real parallel with that. And this piece is going to be around for quite a long time. I, I know that yesterday in the rehearsal room, we had some guests and... Several of us at the end were in tears at the, at the end of the piece. It's that moving, and oh. it's that kind of universal, I think. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, so, um, uh, Luke and Bergen, why not? Um, hasn't there been a trans performer for this play so far? I mean, I think, I'm, I'm, you know, me being uh, the neophyte, part of it, I would think, is that it would be the range of voice because... You know, um, I can just attest that notwithstanding um, trying, uh, if you're male to female, uh, you, you're you just stuck with pipes for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are some people that can go through extensive voice um, therapy, but you're just kind of stuck. What do you, what do you think about that, Luke? Well, I mean, that's <clears throat> speaking from uh, a technical standpoint, uh, yeah, the, the male larynx when males go through puberty, descends and grows quite a bit. And so the transition from the male voice to the female voice requires really careful attention. Uh, Any students of mine that are going through that transition, I always recommend get a speech pathologist, get a voice therapist, because we're not just addressing singing practices, we're we're adjusting and and discussing speech practices as well. And so I, I can only help you get so far and of course, I want that student to have their voice. You know, that's something that I always press on on music education students of mine is that you, you break a violin string, you go get another one, you, you screw up a voice. That's the person's voice. That's their identity and how they're heard. It's right. such an important part of who people are. And so uh, I, I have a, one student who's transitioned female to male, and that was relatively simple. Because testosterone does quite the number on the genetic female 
voice. Yes. 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 Uh, but the the pattern it follows is is sympathetic sympathetic to that of a uh, young boy going through puberty and adolescence and becoming a man. Uh, to reduce the size of the larynx, there are surgeries that you can do to manipulate the vocal folds to. Very tricky surgeries. Yes, yes, <laughs> and really invasive. And uh, I, I trust the medical field nowadays, but there's, I am still reticent about, about that surgery just because of the importance of the voice to me personally. Um, but that, it's, it is so much trickier to, to monitor and, and instruct the transition from male to female. So, but this does raise a point about how we do group and label people because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you're looking at me if you're on Facebook. I look really good today because I've got to go do a training afterwards. So you I look, look beautiful. Oh, <laughs> your hair looks great. I'm buying you coffee after this, okay? Okay. Um, but, but we have to put people in boxes. And, you know, the voice for many people is something that's critical in yeah. terms of what box you're going to put mm. people in. And I think that opera, because you have this range of, you know, scale, that's about the extent I know of it, okay? Mm -hmm. But you baritone to, is it alto? Soprano. Uh, soprano, thank <laughs> you. Um, which does display emotions, does reflect mm -hmm. different qualities of characters. Maybe that's why opera, to a certain extent, is so appealing to some people is because it's not in a certain box. Mm -hmm. Your, your mm -hmm. performers can be in multiple boxes right. all at once. So see how I could get that range multiple, you know? <laughs> and so, um, but for transgender people and, and uh, you know, w this is a show where we're talking about trans, so there you go. But for transgender people, women particularly, like me, this is not only an Achilles heel in many ways, but it also puts me at physical risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, I, yeah. if I'm in the wrong place mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and not a bubble like the Twin Cities where trans people are safe, yeah. I mean, I was, in, uh, I was in Ottawa, Canada this week, and the Canadians, God love them, wonderful people. But I will tell you, people were not used to encountering trans people because I got several looks hmm. from several people when they heard my voice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it can be disconcerting, mm -hmm. to say the least. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, you touch on a, on a really great point, Ellie. I, I feel like the, the identity of the human voice is so important. And in terms of, you know, um, trans people that are in the opera world, in our world, there are starting to um, be more and more singers that are coming out of the, the woodwork and that are celebrating their voice. And I think one example is, her name is Lucia Lucas, and she um, is a baritone. She's an American baritone who um, makes her living in Germany, and she is going to be hired at Tulsa Opera next summer in Oklahoma, of all places, to portray Don Giovanni. And she's a beautiful... Really? Beautiful singer. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman, beautiful singer, but she chose because of her career that was already in place when she transitioned, she chose to remain a baritone and to and to remain that um, that identity on stage. And it's not unlike what we do as female singers in the opera world. We have what's called trouser roles where um, we portray adolescent boys on stage. So, you know, we put on a pair of trousers instead of a dress and we, we are men on stage. And so what she is doing is no different from what I have done in the past by, by portraying a, a, a boy on stage. And I think that it's really wonderful that she she has found a way to um, to live her fullest self and still be so pre you know so visible in the in the operatic world. Wow. Well, you know we we have all of these things that a society expects of us, and what I'm gathering is that opera seems to break some of those rules. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm really thrilled about that. Yeah, we're not as conservative as I think people think we are. We're, yeah. we're kind of, I mean, it's a real advanced art form. There's mm -hmm. no question. And the fact that it's changing so rapidly makes me really proud and, and excited to be part of it. Well, and I'm excited to come on Friday and hear um, the show. Will this be your first opera? It will. Oh, I'm yay. A, I'll be an opera virgin. Oh, this great. is great. So, we're no, excited. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. Good. So, Bob, um, give us the details again. 
So again, uh, we open March 16th, which is Friday, and we run for two weekends through the 25th. At what location? At North Garden Theater in St. Paul. And uh, can you give us the ticket range price? Oh, you know, I knew somebody was going to ask me that. Let me just, and I don't know, they are inexpensive. We keep our tickets inexpensive. Do you have $39. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's general seating. General seating, no intermission, so it's 75 minutes. So if you've never been to opera before, I mean, this is like the one to come to. To really, to really learn about it. Listeners, if you want to see me again, some of you saw me last night at the Blue State Ball. I will be there on Friday night. And you can even, well, I, I guess it's, uh, is it assigned seating? No. Oh, you can sit next to me, listeners, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking with uh, Robert New, Bob New, Luke Williams, and Bergen Baker about the As One Theater uh, opera, Operatic Theater production that'll start this weekend um, with Skylark Opera Theater. I want to thank bo- all three of you for coming. Thank you. Thanks I for having us, Ellie. Just thank you. Really have enjoyed this. It's been very delightful. And thanks for what you're doing about portraying transgender people in such a positive light. Thank you. All right, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Hidden Edges Radio, where we're breaking all kinds of molds, talking about opera and all other things. If you like what you hear, visit my website at EllieKrug.com or email me at HiddenEdgesRadio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. When we come back, we'll do my last segment, Human is Human. Thanks. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. With all the convenient big-box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stallion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stallion. Hi, Matt McNeil for my favorite Toyota, the Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. It's the most amazing vehicle I've ever owned. It's so good, after a decade of driving one, I just bought my second one. Roomy seats the entire family and their friends and the dog, the safety features, the entertainment system, the fuel economy. Siennas are fantastic vehicles. I will likely own a Sienna as long as I'm driving. See for yourself by test driving the ultimate family vehicle, the Sienna at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. We are back on AM 950 Hidden Edges Radio. This is your esteemed host, Ellie Krug. I am thrilled to be back with you. That was 
That was an interesting conversation about opera. I, I've got to tell you, I didn't know how it would go because I, know, I knew nothing about opera, but now I know something, and uh, I'm so looking forward to going to see As One on Friday night. And I'd love for some of you to join me. So please, um, if you go and you look for me, uh, find me. Okay, there you go. This segment is my last segment of the show, which is, uh, I title it Human is Human. And as if you've not had already enough about transgender stuff, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. Sorry, I got some uh, comments last night about I speak too much sometimes about being transgender. And while I can understand that, um, you know what? Uh, You'll have a better idea why I talk about it in a second. So I'm going to talk about what's happening in Kansas. You know, one of the one of the 50 states. Three weeks ago, the Kansas Republican Party had its annual meeting in Wichita. There were 180 people at that meeting. There were delegates from across the state representing various districts in Kansas. While they were there, they passed a resolution titled, quote, regarding human sexual identity, unquote. And much of what I'm going to tell you right now is from a February 27th article in Newsweek by a woman named Kashmira Gardner. The resolution that the uh, Kansas GOP passed states in part that the party, quote, recognizes the dignity of every human being, including those who identify as LGBT, but affirms God's design for gender as determined by, by biological sex and not by self perception, unquote. The resolution goes on to say that, oppo- that it, quote, opposes all efforts to validate transgender identity, unquote. Um, it's very important to understand that the Kansas Republican Party controls everything in that state. They've got the governor's seat. They've got the legislature, both, both parts of the legislature, Their entire congressional and Senate uh, membership representation is Republican. The resolution that I'm speaking about was proposed by the Family Policy Alliance of Kansas. Its president, Eric Testel, who happens to be former Governor Sam Brownback's son-in-law, said that the resolution was, quote, motivated by love, unquote, and that pressing it Um, was because the GOP should stand up for, quote-unquote, Christian values. uh, Tietzel, um, T-E-T-S-E-L, claims that uh, ideology um, about determining one's own gender is, quote-unquote, broken, and that it will lead to pain, and and that's the reason why it's important uh, to back that resolution uh, to, so that everyone knows what is good and true. In other words, he said that they were concerned about my well-being. And here's a quote from what uh, Mr. Tietzel said. Uh, quote, It is concern for the well-being of others that drives us to seek out what is true and not just for society, but for them personally. Unquote. So, think about this, please. The Kansas... GOP wants to love me, and in the process of wanting to love me and other people of my community, the transgender community, they want to erase me because they know what's best for me. They know that I'm in pain, um, okay, and, and they want to get my, take my pain away by denying my existence. How screwed up is that? And I know at the top of this show I said it's not about you know, division, it's about unifying. And you know what? I don't want to label anybody who's, who's um, coming after transgender people. But, but to tell me that you love me and that you want to take my pain away from me by denying me my existence, that is just plain wrong. The problem here is that Kansas, since it's so uh, unified as a Republican state, is, has the potential, 
the absolute potential of creating a template that will be used by other states. I mean, for example, last year in 2017, uh, there were 120 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced into 30-plus states. At present, because of the atmosphere, the, the tribal atmosphere that's going on in our country right now, polls are starting to show that acceptance of LGBTQ people is starting to slip. Um, Previously in Kansas, when Brownback was the governor, he repealed an executive order that prohibited the discrimination against LGBTQ people. You know, um, I am just so incredibly concerned about this, so much so that I contacted the um, a number of LGBTQ advocacy organizations in Kansas after I found out about this, this platform uh, resolution um, in February. I, I reached out to LGBTQ organizations in Kansas. I emailed them and I called them. And you know what? No one picked up the phone. No one returned my calls. I've gotten one email back which essentially was an email, well, we hear you, we're going to have a meeting, and maybe we'll get back to you. Um, and, and I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm qualified to come in and talk, and, and here's the problem. No one knows or understands in Kansas what it means to be transgender. I speak about that. I share about that. And I can certainly talk about the kind of pain that I experienced as I struggled with my gender identity when I still identified as male versus what life is like for me now when I get to live authentically as me. It is extremely frustrating on this end when I cannot even get LGBTQ-focused organizations in Kansas to, to be willing to collaborate with me, to have me come to Kansas on my own dime, by the way, to help do some advocacy work. Hold on a second. And so um, that's what's happening in Kansas. How soon will it be before it may be happening somewhere else in the United States? I don't know, but I'm worried about it. <coughs> All right, well, that puts another show into the can. Um, I've enjoyed having you. Um, I, I, we're going to be doing more live shows, which is quite wonderful. Uh, still, we'll be taping some as well. I want to do a big thanks to our sponsors, the engineering firm of Michelle Cooley Erickson, the law firm of Zaylor Stout & Associates, the Pride Institute, as well as Brending Electrolysis in St. Paul. Bev does great work. Let her know that I sent you. Tell her I said hi. We need more sponsors if we can. A big thanks to uh, my producer, Ethan Hawks. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and we will be back in next week. Thanks so very much. Take care before now. Bye. Bye.